How's it going, everyone? I'm Bert. And I'm Fonz. And this... Science fiction. Why does everybody like it so much? It's one of the biggest genres of... Uh, All time, really. Um, I think uh, almost everybody that I know that is into fiction of some sort... Um, has some subgenre of science fiction that they like, right? Um, why why do people like it so much? What do you think? What do you think it is? Well, my personal opinion is that science fiction, um, and part of the reason I think science fiction even exists is that it's almost a form of escapism from stuff that is current and happening now. Because we're always dreaming of like this better future or distant planets. You know, I, I'm not stuck here. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I can take a spaceship to the ends of the universe. It's like the ultimate form of exploring. Yeah, but... Like, there's a lot of different reasons, I think, people about, can like science fiction. Hold on, what about what about dystopia, then? Because that's not a better future, or that's not, like, really... So, as you say, you're saying projecting through a better idea of what the future is... Or a different escaping, idea. Escaping reality. I think dystopia is the complete opposite of that. It's actually a call, a call to reality to a really harsh one that is not desired by anybody. It's the opposite of utopia. So what, how would you characterize that that side of science fiction? Uh, for me personally, what I see like a dystopian future situation being is that people projecting about dystopian futures are one, like you're saying, it's like a call to action of if we don't change things, this is how it's going to be. But it's also still a form of escapism. And that's because in a dystopian futures, like a, a zombie apocalypse or however you want to say it, it's always about people with this ideal self of I'm going to be a lone wolf. I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. I'm not going to have to conform to the constraints of society anymore because it's been broken down. It doesn't exist. It's just so yeah. me in the world exploring it, the rubble of the so stuff that, that's oppressing me. That's where you and I defer completely then. So Probably, because yeah. you, you and I come together and liking science fiction but we completely defer there because right. I would argue that um, dystopia is not really the zombie apocalypse it's 1984 it's some or Gattaca it's something that brings you to a reality of a really shitty future right uh, and there may or may not be the whole let's change it message or it might just be dwelling on projecting what what an author sees we might become you know right right and it might be a very pessimistic dark vision of the future and uh to kind of to, to um, underline that, why don't we go back to the origin of science fiction? And I've got like a Wikipedia pulled up here because there's a couple of interesting things that I wanted to note. Um, and it says, it actually says here, science fiction is difficult to define precisely as it includes a wide range of concepts and themes, as you and I just highlighted right. in this conversation. And uh, I really like this quote that said, James Blish wrote, Wells, and we're talking about H.G. Wells. So for, for us, I don't know if you agree, for me, the fathers of science fiction as a genre sure beyond fantasy or horror which they, it pulls from also would be hg wells and jules verne yep that makes a lot of sense from what i think and so wells says here he used the term originally so apparently wells used the term science fiction what's one of the first users i didn't know that i just learned that used the term originally to cover what we would today call hard science fiction in which a conscientious attempt to be faithful to already known facts mm -hmm. as of the date of writing was a substrate on which the story was to be built and this is what I love. Here, here's the part that I love. It says, and if the story was also to contain a miracle, it ought at least 
not to contain a whole arsenal of them. <laughs> so I really like this. That it, it's kind of like a definition of good, believable, not believable, but something that will let you do suspension of disbelief and get you sucked in. Right, exactly. It's or just you, part of good storytelling. Really. Right, So, you, but also the part of the genre that just explains that you build on known facts. That's the part that I really like. You build on known facts and you have a couple of things that just like Push fly it. out yeah, of there. Yeah, exactly. Without being an arsenal of them. So I, I really like that, you know? <laughs> Which, as we all know, there are plenty of things that really just go whole hog and just throw a bunch right. of stuff at you. And again, we're talking about what's called hard, and it's in quotes, your hard science fiction. Right. Uh, because, you know, like I can say, so for example, when I was a kid, like I liked the Flash Gordon comics, and those were already vintage. Yeah. When I was a kid, they were already vintage. But I, I kind of came across a, a big Flash, Flash Gordon collection at, at a house of friends or something. I read all of them. And you know, talk about an arsenal of miracles. I mean, there's all kinds of crap there that's, <laughs> that are all over the place. So, so, yeah. So I guess, you know, I guess it's been taken from that original concept which is very much the formula for, of H.G. Wells' stuff right so like the island of Dr. Moreau uh, what, what, what are the things the invisible man like what science fiction do you remember of him because I remember the island of Dr. Moreau right now of Wells but I'm just I remember more yeah Jules Verne I'm, I remember more like travel to the moon and like 20,000 uh, leagues under the sea journey to the center of the earth right oh a, that's H.G. Wells yes that's yep. very good so that, yes. like we're talking Jules and and H.G. Wells. Wells and Verne and like yeah so yeah. journey to the center of the earth that would be a big one that really stuck out for me because this good, whole too. idea that's even carried through to a couple different things nowadays of this like hollow earth Mm-hmm. concept yeah, of yeah. like there's something else within the earth there's another world inside exactly yeah 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 which i mean talk about pulling a miracle like so that's that's kind of <laughs> like, that's a, but it's interesting because now that i think of it you know it does have just the one miracle yeah so that's the one miracle everything else adjusts to known facts as he says so that's a great definition of his oh the time machine the time machine is such a good machine. one. That's, uh, and time travel is one of the subgenres of, right. of science fiction. Not it? to mention, I'm really a fan of when they, um, what year was it? Was it 2006, 2008? I'll have to look that up. Uh, but when they did the, the the time travel, the time machine movie. Well, see, I, uh, I, I, I saw it, the one from the 50s. Right, right. So I'm talking about the one from like the that, 2000s. Which is very good, by the way. You should watch that the one. The 50s one? Yeah, even yes. though the effects are like something we've outgrown. The narrative is really good. Well, I mean, even the original Star Wars, the effects, are, or Star Trek, I mean, right. is something that right, right. we've outgrown. But, I mean, well, it's still, like, good to go back and watch. But, I mean, Star Trek, no, but, I mean, Star Trek is way beyond the time machine I'm oh, talking about. Oh, of this course, of course, course. yeah. You know, but anyway, you were saying about um, the time machine in 2008. Or whenever, whenever the actual date is. But, yeah, no, I just really appreciated the way that they did that movie yeah. uh, because of the way that they handled... Um, utilizing more modern effects, but with older looking technology yeah. as far as that was concerned. So like the time machine and that one almost looks like this steam engine thing. The guy has right. to like pull the lever on and well, it's also, got this big gyroscope it, it, it around it. It has to be and, steampunky because because of when H.G. Wells wrote the story. Exactly. So, it, so it's actually responding to the look and feel of H.G. Wells' world. Right. right. So even the version of the 60s, the one that I've watched, the original I don't know if it's the original one, but to me it is because it's the oldest one I can think of right, right now. Right, 
that one is also steampunky. I mean, it's not in the fifties, but the the machine is the, the the same one you described. Right. We might be talking about the same movie actually, and you just think it was made in two thousand eight. No, it definitely was not. Okay, so then two thousand eight is a a remake from Hollywood, which they do a lot because exactly. legally it's easy for them to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, but it's the original just one is, money essentially. Right, but the original one is 50s. I'm going to say 50s, not 60s, because 60s, things, things start getting interesting in the 60s, and we'll get to that. But first, I wanted to talk about the movie that brought us together in terms of science fiction, which is Star Wars, right? Oh, my. That, that, was, a, that was an interesting day, the movie that brought us together, Star Wars. Well, I mean, we didn't become we didn't become friends because of the movie Star Wars, no, but no. once we were friends, the, the first time that it got brought up between us, like, oh man, what do you think of Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, so did you want to tell the story? No, please feel free to. No, why don't you tell it? I okay, want, I want you so to it's the first time, first time we've ever brought this up, and we're in each other's company, and uh, we're, we're talking about you know our mutual love for science fiction. I was like, oh yeah, like man, I really love Star Wars, and he just looks at me and he goes. Fuck Star Wars. <laughs> I'm like, immediately in the back of my mind, like, that's one of my criteria for, like, having friends. I'm like, would you just say about Star Wars? <laughs> but, yeah. So, that was uh, that was an interesting day for right. you to just look at me and be like, fuck Star Wars. And let's, let's start clarifying. So, let's talk about Star Wars for a little bit. So, yes, please. You um, you know that I did watch Star Wars in 1976, I think, when it came out? Right. The first, the first time it came out in theater. So, there was lines around the block lines around the block for weeks on end i think really? it was maybe months and i if i find a picture i'm going to post that and i have to say with pride that i was like 13 or barely 12 i, I think and back then i was like i'm not going to stand in line for, for any movie i don't care how cool it is and that thing that looked cool. <laughs> that's a big difference between us already <laughs> that was dude, i'm not sitting there in a queue i'm not sitting in line for anything, I have queued up for I many mean, things yeah, that I'm, are I'm stupid. Like for medicine, for medic, for medicine, and food for my daughter. I'll Which are those are good things but not to, to line up not for. to watch a movie. I, if I could watch it later without standing, and I just what like I did, walking with my friends, sit down comfortably and, and watch a movie, take it all in. But anyway, there was a, a huge marketing campaign around it, and it was a revolutionary science fiction movie. I loved it back in the day. Right. So when I told you fuck Star Wars, it's because like it had been forty years since Star Wars, and Star Wars was almost a cult. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's like you're supposed to like it Star almost Wars. is now. It's yeah. almost its own religion now. I mean, there are people that practice like the actual like ways of the Jedi now. So that's bullshit to me. Yeah, you know, that's total bullshit. I love storytelling. I love science fiction. Right, cultism. I have no time for. <laughs> None. So then, let's get into that for a little bit. Too. Yeah. So what, what really, really did great on my ass. Well, we're not going to dwell on that part too much, but I just want to say that uh, you know, it's just like that you're supposed to like Star Wars. I, I, you're not supposed to like anything. Yeah. If you're a fan of science fiction, you're supposed to. Well, I mean, it's also a big controversy. So um, I would say that there is some semblance of reality where it's like, yeah, you're supposed to like Star Wars, but. What I hear, like, most emphatically across, like, the geek culture or the nerd culture, mm -hmm. like, people that really enjoy Star Wars, who live and breathe it as a genre and everything, mm -hmm. is that a lot of people are on, like, you either fell in love with Star Wars or you fell in love with Star Trek. Yeah, but that's... And, and then a lot of people, like, both of them, like myself, I enjoy both, but... If you didn't like one, you would have liked the other. And it's like one of those two That's things so where like people's origins so, a lot. So I, 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 I start from a, from a point of view of like if you're supposed to like something, that's just the opposite of cool. 
Well, first of all, question it. It's well, but but it's the opposite of cool. So all these dweebs in the corporate world where you and I have had to work that call themselves the stormtroopers and the Ewoks and the stargazers <laughs> and the star, all those stupid the team star names. jerkers. You know, I don't have any time for that. Shit. Project Skywalker. And so I, I don't want to belong to a geek culture, right? And that's why I got kicked out of the punk culture too. You know, because I don't want to belong to a sect. I don't think anybody should. I think it's great to talk about these things and it's great to follow. Love with shit. Well, and have that sense of community that comes along with those things too. Yeah, but not because that's why a lot of people do these things. But not too much. It's kind of like the whole Gibson and Fender when you said the whole Star Trek Star Wars thing. Right. And I don't want to go back to the music, but it's the whole. Do you like? Are you a Gibson guy or are you a Fender guy? Yeah. That's cool. Right. For stupid bar <laughs> shit, but it's just it's like an icebreaker bar. conversation thing. It's a joke. It's it's a joke. <laughs> if you take it beyond joke, then it's really then it really becomes pathetic. So that's kind of right. where I'm coming from there. But let's go back to Star Wars. So Star Wars was a revolution in the way science fiction was told, in my opinion, and Absolutely. I think in everybody's opinion back at the time, it made wings to all kinds of subgenres. It brought in st- things from the Western movies. It brought in things from the samurai movies. Yeah, it, it did. Brought in, you know, it brought in a lot of science fiction. It had tons of wings to everything. So C-3PO is the police woman in Metropolis by Fritz Lang. I don't know if you've noticed that. What? Think about it. It's up. I get no. I guess you're right. It's got. But see, no, they did it very much on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And then have a compliment. Um, have a compliment. I've just robot. never actually thought of it that way. And yeah, then, yeah. And then I think R two is also inspired in it. I think in the one from I'm blanking out. It'll come back to me. A '50s series. Sure. Uh, well, he's almost like a buddy a cop in a way. Like, yeah, but there's a. It's it's also. I think it reminded me when it came out. It reminded me of the Daleks of Doctor Who. Oh yeah. Sorry, R two. And to be fair, the original effects of that were piloted much the same way as the Daleks. I think I think so. It was very purposefully full of winks, and we will get into a second in Jodorowsky's Dune because there's a lot of inspiration that comes from that seminal movie. We'll talk about that in a second. Sure, yeah. But um, but it, it had all these very different things that it kind of strayed a little bit from the previous science fiction that I thought we were accustomed to seeing was more Flash Gordon. Um, Buck Rogers was is that the other guy the previous yeah Buck? Buck Rogers was bidding out of one and that's much. the same time as the original or just just after that was the original Battlestar Galactica series which drew a lot from that as well too right but but but, but that was after Star Wars so right. it has a lot of that but before that so the Flash Gordon thing is what I was trying to get at is a lot of tubular um, bulby you know it's all light bulbs and stuff it's all based uh, yeah. on yeah with lots of beeps and. <laughs> and and a, a lot of people dress like Romans, you know, like in togas and stuff. So there's a lot of weird stuff like that. And and some of it was cool, but it didn't have all that aspect of adventure and it didn't have that grit. So one of the things that I really liked about – that I still like about science fiction is, you know, when I was a kid, we imagined the year 2000 every – well, I didn't imagine. But a lot of the, the pictures right. of the year 2000 was people dressed in like um, silvery, shiny – Stuff. Oh yeah, and we, it looks like the back of a CD or something like that. Right, and everybody's still wearing denims from the 1950s. So <laughs> yeah. what? I, what I like real good science fiction, like you know, in Star Wars where there's gritty and worn, worn out stuff, you know, and uh, and then like in Alien, for example, or Aliens, where like um, oh, that's the best use Ripley of like, wears, like old school tech and, and everybody's yeah. yeah. So it's kind of more realistic that where you have things from the past that have transcended into that world, right? And things from the future. So that's kind of the thing that I saw. In, in Star Wars, and I'm going to get into a couple of things in a second, but I wanted you to bring. What, what, is there anything there that you agree, disagree with that I've said? Well, I think for me, uh, the big thing with Star Wars is that obviously I came, like, I wasn't even 
born when the first one was released. I wasn't born until 89. That's right. I remember. <laughs> and so I was introduced to it uh, I later it down the road. I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you watched it before I was born. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was introduced to it later in life, but my parents were both uh, fans of Star Wars. And so mm. my dad let me watch those um, movies on VHS oh, right. um, yeah. a right. long time ago. And this is before they even did like the, the remakes or not the remakes, but like the, the prequel series they did, like episodes one, two and three technically. Yeah. Even though, you know, it's like the first ones, it was like the Star Wars. Yeah. And then it later became Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. And then it was episode four of six right, or yeah. nine. And, yeah. you know, so it's like until up until like now, we're actually like this year yeah. that we're recording this, we're getting the final of the whole. I, yeah, I started disengaging like, you know, with the return of the Jedi. Like it started getting old to me. Like really right. old. It started to feel like a franchise, you know, and I started losing interest there. Uh but it's still, I mean, it holds, I understand that the art direction. So I enjoy, to this day, I enjoy watching the making of any Star Wars movie more than I, than I enjoy watching. <laughs> the actual movie itself. Yeah, some of the latest ones are really boring, but the art direction is amazing. I agree. And so, In fact, I, one of my, my favorite Star Wars movie, uh, and anyone can feel free to talk to me about this after all of this is over, but my favorite Star Wars movie is actually the second one that was ever released, which is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. And that's, that was pretty good, yeah. you know, the middle of the yeah, yeah. first trilogy. Um, and that one's actually my favorite because it just has like this perfect blending of like the good guy, bad guy, a little bit of gray area, mm -hmm. like you don't know who to really trust. Plus it had like really cool um, elements coming in from the outside. So like the introduction of like doing the bounty hunter stuff and mm -hmm. some of the sets that they had and like those uh, AT-ATs on the planet Hoth or it's mm -hmm. just like these giant hulking machines and mm -hmm. all kinds of really cool stuff. Well, see, it's interesting that you say that because um, you've hardly mentioned anything that's particular science fiction. You've just seen the adventure and the fantasy part. So that... Which, well, which, knowing, giant machines, which, which knowing you, which knowing you is, uh, you know, it's not a surprise to me. Right. And that's cool. That's cool. But what I'm saying is you could find that in other genres of fiction. True. That are not necessary. And granted, Star Wars has that and it's pretty good. It's, it's entertaining. It's a good story. I'm not saying I'm not detracting from any of that. But it's interesting because, you know, I, I, I like the production design. Personally, I like the production design and the worlds. The imagination of those worlds and, you know, the alien people, yeah. the, the design of some of the stuff that's foreign to us, the design that's not foreign to us and how it's how they they propose that it's evolved. All that kind of stuff is cool to me. Yeah. Um, the different species. So apart from all the things that you say, which are definitely very cool. And it's interesting because I watched not very long ago, I watched George Lucas's first movie, which also is a science fiction movie. It's called THX. It is THX, right? That's the name of his company, right? Yes. So it's his company's named after his first film. Well, not Lucas Films anymore, but yes. So yeah, but I don't know if it's it's so it's Lucas Films, but THX is some it's a distributor or something else. It's a well, right now THX um, is a sound company. Okay, so, sound engineering company. That, so that's what I'm talking about. So there is this, there is a company that he has funded. Okay, that is called THX, correct? Yes. Okay, and it's named after his first movie, THX. That I know. And I just wanted to make sure it was THX and not TXH, because I, <laughs> I always get those wrong. But um, So that movie is really interesting, because it's done with very, very few means. Very few means. Yeah. It's backed by Francis Ford Coppola. You know who that is? Yes. Okay. No less. 
So it's he's a beginner. Well, George is a beginner filmmaker, but he already has the backing of somebody like Francis Ford Coppola. So he's gone to film school. He's shown his shit. Like he, there's people yeah. that believe in him. Yeah, they know he's got the chops. Yeah. Yeah. and and uh, he he does this dystopian movie. It has nothing to do with um with with Star Wars. I actually have not ever you seen this movie. You should watch it. It's so good, and it has Robert Duvall amongst others. Ooh. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's it's so amazing, and it's done with very very few means. So it's a it's a stark contrast with Star Wars, not just in genre selection, but also in subgenre, I should say. So Star Wars is like a saga kind of thing, and uh, THX is a dystopian story. It's also the uh, the effects are very gritty. It's it's not it, it but it's done really well. It's right. very smartly. So it's a great way to show what a good filmmaker is. And I, if I were you, I'd watch it because and it goes back to what you're saying. The story is good. Right. The story is told really, really well. And, and it has all these weird things. It has this religion, this strange religion. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, it's very funky. Um, so uh, I want to just drop it here, but it's a great, great movie. And it's a good way to show. Would you say a lot of that fed, like the, the way that he did that first movie, do you see similarities between that and then what he brought over into no, Star Wars? He didn't bring anything over into Star Wars from that that I saw. Okay. What the only thing he brought is knowing how to make movies and, and knowing how to tell a good story. That he did and the production design. Because yeah. cheap as it is, THX is very good production design. And it's not that cheap, but I mean well, it's not you, cheap anymore, but you can tell no, no, what, what I'm saying is what when he did it. Right. It wasn't that cheap to do. I mean, he had a certain budget to do it, right. but it was certainly not Star Wars. And he may do, and he may do very interestingly. So I, if anybody likes science fiction that's listening, um, and I, if anybody's listening, you probably like science fiction if you stayed this far. Oh, hopefully. Um, you know, I really <laughs> encourage you to watch that movie because it's a great, great... And if you like filmmaking, period, you should watch that movie too because it's a, just a great showcase of how a beginner filmmaker that knows his shit, let's put it that way. Right make something work right really well and it's a great movie and now from that i want to talk about jodorowsky's doing have you heard of that movie i have heard of it but only because of you okay so I, outside of you telling me about it before this i had never heard about that before great so here's a recommendation for you from everybody who's listening that hasn't seen this movie and i, I assume that somebody that's listening has seen it more than one um, uh, more than the two that listen to our podcast. <laughs> One of the two has probably heard, heard of Jodorowsky's Dune is a documentary that talks about a project by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Do you know who he is? Yes. Okay. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, a, a huge project that never got done. And how the people that he recruited, the team, he, the creative team he recruited for that, went on to become part of Star Wars, Aliens, Blade, Blade Runner, Runner. Yep. and there's a fourth movie that I'm blanking out on, and I always <laughs> blank out on, so I'm sorry about that. But the four, I'm going to say three, because I only mentioned three. I can't find the fourth one. Right. Three of the most seminal science fiction game changers in the 80s, in the early 80s. Again, Blade Runner, the Alien franchise, and the Star Wars franchise pulled from this movie. And I'm going to say, so before the internet, there was a, an underground culture. I believe that underground is part of nature. It just oh, yeah. gets created. If, if, yeah. it's, if it's not created, it get, it creates itself. Uh, and it was very much in comic strips and fanzines, you know? And so yep. there was a oh, man, huge following of, of comics 
you know, um, and, and, and when you were a kid, you would go to the kiosk and buy your comics or you would um, steal them if you didn't have money. Like me. And, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you stole them? Yeah. You just go there and sweep on, you know, because, hey, um, yeah, because you didn't have money to buy them. When I had money, I would buy them, you know. Yeah. And uh, I wanted to, to get money to, the, to those guys. And, yeah. And, uh, and one of the most influential, which I didn't very, like very much back in the day, was huge that resembles everything in Star Wars was um, this series drawn by Moebius spelling on screen M-O I'm going to say it for the listeners M-O-E-B-I-U-S yes that's a nickname of a guy who can draw like no other he's a, he was an architect I believe and he's just amazing how he draws you know who's a fan Ridley Scott and Ridley Scott's storyboards look like Moebius because Ridley Scott can draw like a motherfucker that's and true if, yeah. if I find the stuff I'm going to put it on on screen so his storyboards are just fucking amazing. Like aliens, the whole look and feel of aliens is already drawn out by Ridley before he. Well, aside from the actual from the storyboards itself, right? No, when, when I'm oh yeah yeah. So yes, of course he works with Geiger. Geiger, 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 Geiger is the way that I've pronounced it, but I'm not I'm sure if that's accurate stuff. either. Yeah, well, let's go with Geiger. So Geiger is involved in Jodorowsky's doing too. So anyway, so these two had a series: Jodorowsky and Moebius. Jodorowsky wrote the script. Right. Moebius did the drawing. Jodorowsky is a crazy motherfucker. has amazing movies that are like trips on acid. Like one of them is, uh, man, I can't remember now, The Holy Mountain. And this is advisory, content advisory. It's disturbing. If, okay. If you go to YouTube and look at The Holy Mountain trailer, it's disturbing. But it's like a trip on acid. And this guy was just, <laughs> yeah, this guy has been blowing people's minds since the 60s. Every single show he did, he, was, he comes from theater. Right. He's an amazing, I was subscribed to Facebook for a while to his feed. And I ended up turning him off because he had a, a second. Oh, my like gosh. All day. I can't stand people like that. Or it's like literally everything just but gets They were all amazing. They, they were all historical quotes. Every single last one. <laughs> I mean, the guy's a genius. What I do recommend is watch Jodorowsky's doing. Okay. It's they interview this guy yeah. throughout the movie, and he switches through four languages. So he has to be subtitled all the time because he's speaking French or English, or then he goes to Spanish, and he goes back to you know he, the guy is crazy. So at the time of that, the, the comic underground, these two guys had an I think it was called the Incal, as in Inca with an L at the end. The Incal. They had this series, this comic series. Okay. So there's a shit ton of stuff that looks is very reminiscent of the Star Wars world. Really? Yeah. And it was written by Jodorowsky, who's this crazy guy. Like I said, he has like the, right. the Holy Mountain. And uh, I, don't, I don't remember his titles right now. I'm blanking up. But the guy is just, he was just revolutionary in this stuff. And then this dude that could draw like no one's business, who could conjure these amazing worlds. And by the way, um, tip of the hat to the Boltman episode. <laughs> Morgan Buse has also a version of The Isle of the Dead. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. It's okay. on screen now. Um, links in the description. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, so so this movie, Jodorowsky's Dune, talks about Jodorowsky wanted to do Dune. Right. Which later um, was done which by- Which is huge. By Bertolucci. Now I'm I'm blanking up again. No, no, by what's his face? De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis. Yes. It uh, produced Dune. Dune is an, an amazing trilogy in books, and we're going to talk a little bit briefly about books and stuff, but- um, these guys, these guys with money, with deep pockets, said, "You're so amazing, Jodorowsky, that we want to give you money to do whatever the fuck you want." 
Right. So he came up with this version of Dune that he was going to do. In his own words, was he wanted the a trip on acid without the drug? That's the movie he wanted to make. <laughs> I was about to say, do whatever you want. A phrase that they would soon regret. <laughs> well, no, it was amazing. It was this guy is amazing. I mean, you you, you have to watch this movie. Anybody watching this needs to watch this movie. So the, the people, documentary, not the actual movie. The, the, yes, the the because the movie it, never got made. Correct. Exactly. Yes. Thanks for that. Thanks for yeah. So the whole story is that Jodorowsky never got to make Dune because it was so out there that right. it, it said that Hollywood just cowered out. Right. Because they made these storyboards of this book that was a leave behind that they would take to every producer in Hollywood with these amazing drawings from Jodorowsky that reminisce Star Wars a lot. So like these are these sword fights that are like the Jedi look starts appearing there. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you think they're pulling that from like... Um, I know they are. Asian culture uh, with like the... the Samurai. Oh, the samurai. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah, but, but, but we know. Yeah, there's a well. Before this, we need to talk about the Western culture. Like, if we get there really quick, I'll just make a quick mention. Right, right, right. A, a lot of these adventure stories pull from the Western genre, which in turn pulls from the samurai movies from the '60s. Exactly. Uh, Captain, famously by Akira Kurosawa, but also by others, like um, the Satoichi series is just amazing. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Um, right. Just to mention, and those guys in turn, Kurosawa and all those guys were getting inspiration from the previous Western genre that has been done by John Huston. So there's all this, there's all this coming up, so, you know, and so and it, it's like a, it's feeding back and forth. Yes, yes, very much so. Yeah. So then, um, so then, Jodorowsky um, picks up, makes this team of creatives. He recruits people from all over the world, like these guys that do amazing illustrations for science fiction book covers. Right. He picks those guys. He picks Geiger. You know. Yeah. He sees Geiger's um, Led Zeppelin album cover that he had designed. He says, this guy, I want this guy. He gets Salvador Dali. Watch the movie because I'm not getting into details, but Salvador Dali was a shit show. Damn. Because he likes to screw with people. And so he got Salvador Dali because he wanted him to play the emperor. And really? Yeah, you watch this movie. You're gonna love it. <laughs> so, and then he got Geiger. He got I don't remember who Sternbull, Peter Sternbull, I think his name was Turnbull, who later went on to do Alien. Um, so he got all these guys to work on the Alien yeah. stuff. Yeah, and like I said, the, aside this, from Geiger, yeah. Oh, I think it was. It could have been even 2001 with Kubrick. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. But okay, it was something that fucking big. Okay, right. So he had all these people, and then the movie doesn't get made. So they all go looking for work elsewhere. And they go but they have all these Star ideas. Wars. Right. Well, first of all, they're just all really good. But then they've had like this pool. They've pooled together and they've interchanged all these concepts. Right. And now they go and, you know, and Lucas goes on to do Star Wars, which looks a lot like a, a lot of this stuff. A lot. Really? Yes. And then these other guys go to Alien. Those guys go to Blade Runner. So all this stuff gets just like disseminated, remember? Yes. Etymology quickies. <laughs> it all gets disseminated and becomes the seminal part of like what we know as science fiction to this day. So all the series that we're going to talk about now and all the cool stuff. Right. So that's what doing. Highly recommended. You are going to love it. You are going to love it. <laughs> I personally will probably love it. And I have a feeling that a lot of people who would be listening to us who would also be interested in watching that, they would Absolutely. probably love Absolutely. it as well. Yeah. So. If you like – so the, the description that I just read um, – in the Wikipedia about science fiction was it's a speculative speculative fiction. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. Anybody that likes speculating on what could be, what would be, that's kind of what we're talking about. It's a futuristic type, right. type of fantasy. You're all going to get a kick out of this. And just even if you like history or how the world works, you know, you're going to love that too. So there's a little bit of for everything in that movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I recommend it to everybody that's listening. So, yeah. So, um, 
having said that, I'm um, talking about like all the big science fiction, how, how things cross pollinate. Right, right. We're, let's go to. Let, let, we wanted to talk about stuff that we believe are great influences. Right, but big disclaimer here. Uh, just being honest, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no way that we're going to be able to cover everything um, at, at all, and certainly not even everything that we both um, like. like and appreciate from things. I mean, we could almost do separate episodes on books versus movies versus scripts, Com- versus comics, all comics. We, we talked we, about comics the other day. We said like we we can't do it in an episode. It just won't cover the whole thing. No. So here's the good news though. If if anybody that's listening wants to challenge us on something, if we've missed something, if we haven't mentioned something, if you think it's something we've mentioned doesn't quite cover it we right. want to hear all the abuse <laughs> yes so for any of you uh for example watching this on youtube because there is a youtube video version of this make sure to let us know down in the comments below for any of you listening on other podcast platforms i know that on some of them it allows you to do comments uh for those particular podcast episodes so just leave us comments let us know um <laughs> we'd love to hear what you guys also think of science fiction and how it is relating to you or how it's important to you or things that we've missed like all of these things we know we're not going to be able to get to yeah so and, and or, or if not you know like shut the fuck up and, and stay at home okay so, <laughs> okay maybe but, not quite that but no, yeah no. But, no, but, but for real if you want to engage by all means we, we would love that so let's start with we, we already kind of covered i got a list up here we already kind of covered hg wells and jules verne we did we did um, a little bit in the beginning yeah maybe we should cap it with a little a couple thoughts maybe here uh, i mean first of all time machine really popularizing time travel movies to the point where even like things like Terminator pulling inspiration from that, um, even to the look of how the, the whole sphere happens around uh, the people that get tra- teleported and transported, yeah. like when they did the movies yeah. for that. Well, there's the like origin the of sphere of like, there's the origin of steampunk, like that whole subculture. Yeah, exactly. Started with this, with these guys. Well, I don't know if I'd say Terminator was steampunk, but no, not Terminator, but but the look and feel of like HGWs and Jules Verne, which is its own subgenre. Right. I even have like I'm not a huge um, steampunk fan, but I was a huge huge Jules Verne fan. And I love Captain Nemo and all kinds of right. I mean, the the fact that his name is nobody. Nemo is he's just a mysterious person that just detracts himself for society. Right. That right. There's right. a ton to relate to that from everybody that I love. I even like I think on Jules Verne um, birthday one day. Instead of doing something useful, I, I made myself an avatar where I looked like Captain Nemo. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's how much I love that. That's awesome. But yeah, like the Nautilus, like the whole... That, yeah. Th- those concepts that preceded, because I mean, there's a ton of stuff in, in Voyage to the Moon that precedes <laughs> the actual trips to the moon. Yes. And and that's quite accurate. And the whole, the same with submarines. I mean, they kind of predicted not... I don't know... The, well, that, that's one of my favorite things is where... When people are writing science fiction, they're trying to predict, and this is just like in general, and I won't take too long on this, but just in general, when people are trying to predict what technology is going to be like in the future, how sometimes and in many ways that can inspire a lot of the technologies that we have today. Because they saw that and they're like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? Let's find a way to make that happen. Right. And also going back to the whole hard science fiction concept of the four, it's based on known facts. You're kind of projecting from known facts. So it stands to reason that it would be something that you could – that is doable later right. if there's only one miracle, not an arsenal of them. You know? Take, for example, tablets. Like uh, mm-hmm. the fact that we even have 
like iPads and tablets and all those kinds of things today. It was all because they were like, well, if people write down on a sheet of paper mm-hmm. in the future, they'll write down on a screen that right. is, yeah, like yeah. can just pick up like all of this stuff and it's d- digitally recorded. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, I know plenty of people that just actually carry a tablet around with them to use it like a pad of paper right, right, right. and cr- take digital notes. Right. Well, and, and a lot of things get, get inspired on. So I remember... I can't remember the title of this movie, and I hate myself for it, but it's a movie that now is really, really passe, but back in the day was pretty heavy, okay. pretty culty. Yeah. And it has a scene where this guy's playing golf, and he hits a golf ball against a projection of a field, and when the ball hits the, the projection, it bounces off, but the ball continues in the projection. Oh. That exists today. It does. That is actually a thing that happens today. That was nothing when that movie came out. Everybody was like, that is such a good idea. Right. So I'm sure that that idea stemmed, you know, was, Absolutely. was the insemination of that other one. Stanislav Lem. Have you heard of that guy? No. Okay, so he's like, Should I have? Yeah, you should have. Okay. Well, this is more book science fiction and it's pre-Star Wars. So I don't know if, you know, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm always looking for recommendations to go back to. So please. It's kind of a, it's kind of math humor. So like if, if you know math, you laugh more with him. If you know science... Okay. So, right. Wow. But he's, <laughs> no, but he's very funny, and he has he has great great stories. Um, I mean, he has things like you know, like, um, the pilot Perk Perk, I think is his name. Perk Perst pilot Perst. He has a series of a pilot, and he's called Perch or Perst because he's okay. He's, he's Eastern European. I don't remember now where he's from. I don't know if he's a Polish or Bulgarian or no, it's Czech. I, I don't remember. Okay, but he's Eastern European. I think Czech maybe. Uh, so Pirch the pilot is his stories are with Pirch, and he has some really 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 good ones, and they're super funny. And but there's a lot of science jokes in there too. Okay. So you have to kind of pick up on that. But the, but he has like stupid stuff. Like I remember one story that starts where he's like, there's an ast- no, there's a there's a stain on his windshield in the in the ship, and the pilot Pirch is trying <laughs> he's trying to wipe it down, and it keeps growing, and he doesn't get it. Then he realizes it's an asteroid that's coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stupid yeah. stuff there, but but the guy knows a lot about science, so it's all intermixed with that and like time paradoxes, yeah, and, and all kinds of like trajectory jokes. But but it's all funny, and so so I'm gonna leave it there. Um, if anybody definitely can, go check it out, he's one of the fathers of science fiction today. Perfect, considered. So um, he we will mention it later, but he is also an inspiration for some of the stuff in the Red Dwarf. Oh yeah, which if you remember, Red Dwarf has a ton of wings to all kinds of science. All jokes. kinds of like all over the place. Right, right. So, so that's that one. Ray Bradbury. Yeah, he is so cool. He has all these great stories. Um, remember that time we talked about the big rain, that planet where it rains all the time. He has these just crazy ideas. I remember I was talking about that. Could you like tell it again though? Yeah, so it's quick? a story. It's, it, he has a bunch of short stories, and they're all like they're all collected in a, a, a compendium that they made a movie of called The Illustrated Man. Oh, okay. A guy that has tattoos, but he, he gets really mad if you say they're tattoos. He says they're illustrations on the skin, and they have this power that if you look at them too much, they suck you in and they tell you oh, a story. Oh, that's cool. It's really good. And so all of the short stories come from the illustrations in this man's Like skin. he's literally a walking book. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Watch the, look it up on YouTube. There's a couple of trailers or scenes that you can see. He's also the author of Fahrenheit 451. You heard of that? Oh, yeah. Dystopian movie. Oh, yeah. So Fahrenheit 451 is the temperature at which paper burns. And that's why the, that story is titled this. They actually just did a remake of that uh, another, film. Another remake. Yes. <laughs> so I read, I read the book and I watched the original, I think, 70s film. Um, 
really good too about a dystopian society where books are prohibited. Right. And in my opinion, we're getting close. Uh, let's <laughs> more stuff about Ray Bradbury, the Marshall Chronicles. The Marshall Chronicles is famous um, stories, short stories too. Um, yeah, actually, those ones I think I've read. Okay, because those are really so, yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. And now I'm blanking out. There's a couple other like really seminal sci-fi stories from him. But right now I'm blanking out with them. Well, and the fact that he was also, at one point, asked to work on Star Trek as well. Really? Yeah. Did he, did he work on them? I don't think he did. We'll confirm that later on. But I don't okay. think he did wind up working on it. Yeah, I just know I, that they pulled a lot of inspiration from I think I would have heard. Oh, that that for sure. That, that Like almost anybody worth their salt post Ray Bradbury is going to pull some inspiration from Ray Bradbury. Right, absolutely. On their story because it's just amazing. Right. So more in, important ones. And we're just going to skip through some of them. Asimov. I, I Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. You read him? I uh, read, read a little bit. And then also I know Isaac Asimov is like the um, – I believe he's the one that did the laws of robotics as well yes. for science fiction. I robot, I robot is yes, yes, really good. Um, he Asimov's has laws. That's what it is. He has a tetralogy. It was it used to be a, tri- a trilogy. 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 Thank you. Yes, yeah, trilogy. Yeah. I knew how to pronounce that. Some once upon a time. But then they added more books, so now it's like a, a pentalogy. I don't know. But the three first ones are really good. I wouldn't recommend the other ones. So just the first foundation, thing. the first three from foundation. I recommend that. Okay. Um, he has the end of eternity, shorter novel about time travel that you would probably appreciate. Okay. The end of eternity. Um, actually highly recommended for you. Part, okay. Cause you like speculative. The fantasy. end of eternity. Yeah. And okay. you like time travel. So you're going to love that. I love time travel yeah, because and, it just messes with my head. Yeah. And foundation is a little bit more political, historical science fiction. Sure. But I think it's brutal. Like the first three ones are just so, so good. Um, and uh, yeah, and then iRobot, obviously. He yeah, had, which is great. I'm blanking out, but he used to have in Pulp Fiction and Pulp Magazines when he started out. He used to have this little Star tra- Traveler, more Flash Gordon-y type guy at the very, very beginning. Oh, really? I can't remember his name. And I read those. Okay. And, but that was a long time ago, so I forgot. So anyway, that's Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah, two, absolutely. 2001, Space Odyssey. Yes. Um, read it, watched it, watched the um, Stanley Kubrick movie. Love how Stanley Kubrick... Watch, reads a book and then decides to just do Kubrick's also pretty great though just, I'm just gonna side note throw that out there he's Kubrick's amazing. also pretty great yeah and, but he just pulls it out of his ass like he takes a book he does whatever he wants yeah you know, it doesn't do exactly or he doesn't spell it out but anyway um, so I, I got through Arthur C. Clarke through um, through Stanley Kubrick I watched 2001 first yeah uh, and then I read some other books that he had like there's one about there's some kind of like a bus to the moon so in the future, the moon is kind of a tourist attraction. So they we're send, almost there too. They send these capsules there yeah, for people yeah. to go see, but then, um, but then that capsule like gets marooned in space or something or on the moon. I don't know. And then we've got the lost in space. So so let's, <laughs> lost in space. That's the one I was I was thinking about earlier when I was talking about R two D two being inspired in one of the robots. Oh really? Okay. So again, lost in space and the Daleks, obviously. Danger, Will Robinson. So right here's one that you haven't heard of that is really good that you would love. Jack Vance. Sounds like a music artist. Well, no, this is a book guy. That's a book science fiction. Right. I'm just saying, like yeah. when I when I hear that name, like it's got. Yeah, like an attitude to it, like Jack Vance. Yeah, no, this guy has. I can't. Like, I would stay here all day talking about his stories. I'm just going to mention a couple. He has. Okay. A, he has a tetralogy. He has a world, the world of Dustin, I think, or Dustin. Man, I can't remember any of the names now. He has like a whole <laughs> series about all these different worlds. And there's this one world that's divided into four. It has like four, like quadrants. Uh, yeah, four quadrants, and 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 it has like different ethnic groups. Interesting. Okay. And it has like a really interesting political system. 
with uh, uh, an invisible, an, an anonymous dictator called the Anon. And we're like, <laughs> do you remember that movie with uh, Schwarzenegger where they have these little things on the neck that go beep, 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 and they make your head explode if you escape a perimeter? Uh, yeah, they took that, that from Total Recall. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they took that from from one of his novels. Yeah, so like, and the Anon, the Anon, the Anon, um, the anonymous. Regime, everybody wears these things. Right. I don't remember what they're called now. Also, but like if. If you are judged and sentenced, you know, and if you committed a crime, right. punishable, you just make your head explode wherever you, you are. Flip a switch and so, pop the collar. So yeah, 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 yeah. So it's really, really interesting. It's a series of four books, and it talks about this one guy that lives in this world, and he goes from being this poor motherfucker, and he ends up being the Anon. Oh, because when really? the Anon dies, he 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 um, names the next one. And and he does he kind of grows into it. He doesn't even know half of the story, and he doesn't know he's being groomed to it like doing half right. Of it. And then eventually, when he starts getting older and starts understanding, then the Anand reveals himself that's, to that's him. You know. Yeah. No, no. First, he reveals him to him, and then he kind of grooms him. And then he becomes the Anand. It's just a really. Cool, yeah, man. I hardly remember this because I read this like back in the the mid eighties. Yeah. So I got to brush up on this. Uh, but Jack Vance is just. Huge, huge influence. Um, right. Orson Scott Card, you heard of him? Yes. So he is a multiple award, Nebula Awards winner. Um, he has another, also a trilogy, The World of Ender. I have not. I don't think I've heard of that. So it's, I'm going to, spoiler alert here, okay? I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> so this is, um, humanity is at war with this um, alien race. And Sounds they, familiar. They're kind of like ants. Okay. They have a, they have a queen and stuff. And, and, um, and they just they just decimate them. So they're they're just like a a, a very ruthless humans are or the the alien species so is. There's, there's relativity here that's really interesting because the alien species is really ruthless and warrior like. Right. But the humans end up exterminating them, and then they they get this guilt that you know. They, so there's right within the humans. There's a faction that's like really happy that they eliminated them. But then there's also the question of like you just exterminated a full race. yeah that's full on genocide of a species right. And one of these a race actually in right, this case, and the big hero of this war that is the big exterminator doesn't realize it's a kid that thinks he's playing a game. Oh, it's called oh, Ender's Game. I have heard of Ender's yes. Game. Yes, yeah. and so Ender World of Ender. No, Ender's Game. Absolutely. I'm, so, I'm sorry, I had to, I had to title wrong. My, okay. my bad. So yeah, so so Ender's Game. So then he he realizes that he's responsible for the extermination of an entire galactic race. Right. And he just thought he was playing this little game, you know. Right. And so and then it picks up from there. So really interesting. Which is a really scary concept. The fact that you could. And I know that this has been covered many times since then. I've but seen the, the act of and, um, yeah, exactly the act of like gamifying war. Yeah, and like you don't even realize the the actual stuff that's going on. Like for you, it's just some fun game, but what's actually going on is horrific. Right. Well, one of my brothers, who's ideologically not pro military at all, he is one of these. Uh, he was one of the Spanish national team. For this war game, I think it's called American Army. Actually, you know really? this? There's there's a war game that was designed by the um, by, by the American Army that then was just became a game. Sure. And he's so good at it, he played so well that he became part of the the national Spanish team for the championships of this. And then he did this t- test, psychotechnic test, for for professional aptitude when he was young. Yeah. And they said he would be really apt for military. Military strategy. strategy, yeah, and he is not, you know, he's not into military at all. He's like, why did I get that? And he kept thinking about it. He's like, oh, you know what? It has to be 
my skill, the skills that I built playing this game. So right. you're right, like a whole gamification of war is exactly is an interesting, scary ass concept. It's also a slippery slope. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> so then, um, so that wraps up some of the authors that we wanted to talk about. Right. So, so as far as like the the book section, and then a little bit of like tying into films, like that's yeah. the first sort of like chunk. And we may be missing. I, I know that once we're we, absolutely we, we finish this episode, we're going to be face palm and go like, "Why didn't we mention this guy, that guy?" But well, I'm sure there's a bunch of people out there already that like just that one. Don't worry, we're covering more stuff. That's just the first topic. So we talked about sort of like the books and a little bit of like the history of where it all came from. Mm. Another big thing I know that we wanted to cover because we can't get to everything is this idea of like series and stuff that we've really appreciated series and movies. Yeah. That we yeah. Like, just so, so stuff that we that's like. more of like the, the visual medium sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. How, yeah. I don't know if I want to call them subcultural references or whatever, but I, I'm now getting wordy and dumb. So <laughs> no, let's, let's go. Bottom line shit that we like seminal crap that we like that right. resonates with us. So first and foremost, Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Which has been, I, I know it's a big one for me, both the original mother, yeah. and the remake of it. Mm-hmm. What about for you? I just watched the the, 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 the first series, I think it was the 80s, right? Yeah. Because that's the only thing, that that was like on after lunch. Yep. So, you know, I, I, I remember we had a television that. With Starbucks. It was entertaining. And watch. Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked it. I, to, to me, there were things like, you know, like Space um, 1999 and stuff like that. They just had, or even Star Trek or Babylon 5. They, yeah. Just the world of it was interesting to me. Yeah. The credits that they paid with credits, the the little blasters that they had, the ships, yeah. all that stuff. It was more like design production for me than the right. storyline. And one thing I really liked about the remake series was the fact that even on the ships, the way they called each other with like this uh, – like the old handheld foam grips yeah, 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 where they yeah. have to like pull it off and it's got like the cord and everything where yeah. it's like, I'm calling another portion of the ship. All right, hang it up. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was great to like, it's that blending of like old technology, but like these mm-hmm. new yeah. open feel. It's a great one. It's always interesting to see what things get missed from how the world actually evolves versus how technology. Right, right. right. Yeah. Blade Runner. Cool. Blade Runner is amazing. I hate the second one. The... Um, 2049 or whatever yeah. yeah the beginning of it is so good and then it just goes into all this stupid predictable right lame crap you know like right what I will say about Blade Runner 2049 the sequel one yeah uh, is that visually it was amazing it was a really pretty movie right but I'm kind of getting tired of that though I'm not <laughs> pretty with nothing else like I mean with man. no substance is what you're saying yeah it's, it's kind right. of I mean, it was very, very, very well done. At the very beginning, I got sucked in. I loved it. Right. And then it just goes on to all this crap. It's just unbelievable. Right. Stupid, lame. Just, it takes people for idiots. It's kind of like, you know, it, it kind of insults people's intelligence. Like the whole Harrison Ford in this little palace listening to Frank Sinatra, you know, with all these wealthy things in the middle of nowhere. I just, I loved the first one. Yeah, the first one was really, really well done. Well, one thing that was really interesting when that one came out that was totally different was that everybody was everything was Asian. Right. That was kind of a futuristic thing that's materializing now because back then we really did we were like so European centric and Western centric we forgot that the world is Asian in fact. Right. And this one predicted globalization in that way and that you know. Asia is much larger than our world. It, of course, it's going to seep over into ours. And of right, and things are going to be over. like much more prominent from that. Correct. And the right. technology. So I love that whole, like all the billboards with Asian um, right. signs and, and just 
the whole concept of like the do androids dream of electric sheep. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, that's the book, the original book is titled that that whole yes. story about. Which is great. Are these sentients, you know, can we make such a, an intelligent robot that they become sentient? And, yeah. And is it good to run the blade to terminate them? <laughs> so all that stuff is, I just love that movie. I thought it was influential in so many ways. And also, big side note, music for both of those films actually yeah. is. Um, what was Evangelist, right? Was the movie of, what's the music for? Angelus made the music for for the first one. For the first one, yeah. Yeah, which was and it was. It's funny too because it has the first one also has like idiotic stuff that people have made fun of too, like almost in a cultish way. Yeah, like the whole enhance feature. You remember enhance? But zoom and enhance. Enhance, <laughs> enhance. Like, like, enhance fifteen to twenty three. All of the graphic designers that I've met after that are like, you know, these these stupid clients think we have the enhanced function. You know, <laughs> then we can make something out of nothing. So anyway, so that, that there was a, a lot of interesting old technology right. that was part of that sci-fi that, that I think. Here's another good one. Alien and Aliens, oh, like yeah. the, those ones. Yeah. Especially those Ridley two. Scott. Yeah. Those two are so good. Yeah, the first two are solid. Aliens 3 is... Not the worst, but it's not great. And anything after that is just like, yeah. And I kind of know one of the storyboard artists for Alien 5, actually. Um, you know, he's really good. Which one was Alien 5? I, I didn't even see it. Because Alien 4, sorry, I know, I was... I didn't see I have to see it. The one that Josh Whedon directed. Yeah. I stopped watching after Alien 3. Alien 3 is made, I believe, I, I don't remember the name, but Alien 3 is made by a director of music clips. Really? And it kind of shows. Yeah. It kind of shows because it has very visually interesting stuff, but then the storyline isn't that great, you know? Yeah. Um, but Alien and Aliens are great. Absolutely. In and, fact, I quote Aliens on an almost regular basis. <laughs> and the making of is really, is really, really good. And also, and I'll, I, we'll drop this one right now, but the precursor of Alien is the same movie made in college. And I think Peter Turnbull, I don't know if... Which ones of I don't think it was Ridley Scott, but the writers of Alien right. did the first one in college as a humorous one. So the Alien was actually a ball. It was a beach ball. <laughs> it was infiltrated in the in the ship, and that one is out there. And we will put a link in the description. I will find it out because that one's all. It's, it's also pretty solid. Yeah, but it's also a student film. You can tell us it's a student okay. film, okay. and it's Alien. But instead of horror, which they decided to turn it to that with right. the Eighth Passenger, it's a comedy. Oh, so yeah. that'll be nice, and, and it's good, good sci-fi too. It's, and it's a ball; it's just a ball. That, you know. Yeah, All obviously, right. Dune. Dune. Yes. Dune is a big one for both of us. Yes, uh, I mean, obviously, we talked at length about it already. Yes. But yes, yes, and I remember when when, when the actual movie came out, and in uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, if you watch Jodorowsky, because he was like, you know, I hated it that he made it. You know, <laughs> and I love this this scene of Jodorowsky where he's explaining in the movie that. He, he made himself go to watch it in the, in the cinema. And then when he starts watching the movie, he goes like, in Glee, he goes, it's a piece of shit. Says, <laughs> and then he makes a sign This is very much his first time. He's like, it's, it's not a pretty human feeling, but it's a real human feeling. <laughs> he said, oh, Joey, this movie's a piece of shit. So it's very pretty to watch. But yeah. I, the, the De Laurentiis doing is, by all accounts, not the greatest yeah. sci-fi movie. 
One of the greatest stories. Yeah. And I will also say as a quick sidebar to that, uh, for those of you that also enjoy video games and play video games, the original Dune video games are also just great. They're so good. I've heard their fame. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good. So another title, Perks, Perks the Pilot, what I was trying to fumble earlier. Yeah. Stanislav's Limb. I've got it on screen now. It's Perks with an X. And it's that story that I already mentioned that's full right. of like mathematical tips of the hat and tons of humor. Yeah. Also very recommended. Star Trek, which we've also kind of touched on just a little bit. Um, again, because there's like a, a wealth of stuff that could be covered there. But, mm-hmm. you know, Star Trek obviously being a very big and influential piece of mm-hmm. like the whole menagerie of culty. science fiction. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of really interesting um, the ethnias that Star Trek's come right. up with are just and the fact that fascinating. Like, Klingon is a recognized language yeah. now that people can speak. And I see in Star Trek, I see a lot of influence from Flash Gordon on that too. Absolutely, yeah, Flash Gordon has a lot of that. So, uh, so that's really good. Red Dwarf, which I mean, I'm yeah, we got this thing right here. here today. The Red Dwarf is. I will quickly talk about it. We just have so many mentions that we we're trying to go quick. Um, <laughs> the Red Dwarf is a series from the BBC back when the BBC was cooler. It's super cooler. good. It's really good science fiction and a comedy. I mean, they still have Doctor Who, so I will give them that. Oh, yeah, Doctor Who is awesome. Yeah. Um, but um, let me go real quick. And, yeah, yeah. And, and the original, well, no, that's Channel 4 in Britain. It wasn't BBC. I was going to say Black Mirror. Uh, Red Dwarf, I'm going to do a spoiler alert here just to, to entice people into watching it because it's an older series. So some people don't like to watch old television because it's not that glossy, but this is a great story. It's a series about a full. It's a, a spaceship that's as big as a planet, and it contains the inhabitants of Earth, which Earth is doomed and is right. It's it's disappeared, so they all put all of humanity into this huge planet, Death Star looking. Yeah, I'm about to say very Death Star esque. Right. And they exactly, and they um, hibernate everybody until the 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 ship reaches millennia from whenever it gets launched. Right. It reaches an inhabitable planet, so the ship is being controlled by a robot. But the entire humanity is hibernated, mm-hmm. and they could, they only have technology to wake up one or two of them, or something like that. So, which I'm sure this sounds this whole thing sounds very familiar for a lot of different stories people know. Yes, and so the premise of this is that in in the series there's four characters. One of them is the the, the ship robot that controls mm-hmm. the ship. The other one is a measly um, worker. That got woken up. I don't know why he, he he's woken up. He's he's one of the he's like a plumber or something. He's like no one, like a ship maintenance he's just a or sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, ship maintenance. And he's awake. I don't know why, but he's the only one that can be awake. Like he, they can't wake anybody else up. Uh, then there's a hologram. They have holograms of everybody that has died, just to remember them. And they're just a, a person with an H in their forehead. <laughs> And because there's only power to have one hologram powered up, this guy has hidden all of the other hologram keys so that only he can be. Because, <laughs> of course, the worker wants to relive some of the hot chicks or something. But, you know, sure, yeah. this, this dweeb with the H on his forehead. And then the fourth character finally is somebody that evolves from a cat that was in one of the dungeons in the ship. So just like we evolved from monkeys, yeah. so many millions of years have passed that this guy has evolved from a cat. Okay, so makes sense to me. He's like a human, but he he licks his butt, you know, and he does like all these cat things. He's humanoid, yeah. 
he's human, but he licks himself, and he does cat things. So he's kind of selfish, like a cat. So it's really funny. That Wait, does he his... look like a human though, or does he, he have like no. the characteristics? He looks of like a, cat. a human. He looks like a human, but he has like little, you know, fangs and little things, and like little that slits away. Of eyes and everything yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's. Uh, but but he's very much a he's in, a hedonist. You know, he's very much into himself, and, <laughs> and it's really funny. And then every episode is one wink or another to physical. Subgenres on just sci- different science sci-fi, yeah. yeah. So, for example, one of them is that they they go into a parallel universe, so they find a, another red dwarf, a parallel red dwarf. So they're like looking forward to contacting them because they're thinking they find the opposite of each other. Yeah. So they know that in this parallel world, the robot tells them there's an opposite of you on that ship. So this guy, the guy, knows there's a chick. So he's like looking forward to meeting <laughs> the chick that is parallel him. So the chick also wants to meet him because they want to have intercourse because they they're both like of the same mind. Right. So the cat guy is is expecting the same. He's expecting a female, but he sees a, a, a guy that's evolved from the dogs, which is yeah, who's a kind of a hell's angel biker kind of thing. <laughs> so he's really disappointed. It's just really really funny because like they all get like female counterparts except the cat. So yeah. there's all kind. There's another planet which is a prison planet. Where the the only punishment is whatever crime you can't commit anything illegal or any crime because when you try to do it, it happens to you. Oh! So if I start try to burn your butt, like a flame appears in my butt, you know. <laughs> so it's it's so funny, so ingenious, and so good that I just recommend everybody to watch right. it. So thanks for get, letting me explain. Absolutely, that but it's a big one. It is a big one. And then Babylon Five. Babylon Five is just a huge one. Also, right. worlds and I mean that's very. Like, you know, crew on a ship going to explore stuff. Like, it's very much of that genre. So, if you appreciate that sort of like team exploration sort of thing, Babylon yeah. Vibes, another And there's also Ethnias, and like, it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of Star Trek in, in a way. Right. To me. It was kind of like punky Star Trek to me a little right. bit, you know, because there's all kinds of different extraterrestrial forms and cultures, and I always enjoy that. Well, and if you like that, um, just a, a quick nod to that as well, another one I would want to mention real quick is Farscape. Yeah, because Farscape is another great, great example of that one, mm-hmm. and that one was frilling awesome and spoke what, to me a lot. I see what you did there. So this time it didn't go <laughs> over my head. Um, but yeah, so then we got Westworld. Westworld is awesome. Both the original and the new HBO series they just made. Yep, yep. I enjoyed both of those. Yeah, I like the HBO one. Sometimes it gets a little bit slow for me, but it, sure. I've been able to follow it. Uh, I love both of them, really, actually. And, and both of them have holes, too, but, you know. Oh, absolutely. The premises are amazing. I, I, yeah, I, but I the cool thing about the original one is I remember watching the original Westworld uh, with my dad. With Brinner. Yeah. But with my dad on VHS because it was something he really enjoyed. And when it first starts off, I'm like, oh, here we go. Another Western movie yeah. my dad's watching. And then it's like out of nowhere, very quickly, it's like left turn I'm like ooh, ooh yeah. what is this <laughs> yeah, yeah. such a good movie and it's funny too because like Westworld when I watched Terminator for the first time and I saw Terminator in the theater yeah and it was one of those movies that you're not expecting you know we just weren't going to go there and you know like yeah, this will be whatever yeah we're just going to go stoned and laugh at Arnold Schwarzenegger because we had done that with Conan the Barbarian which is stupid those movies, movies are so good though they're stupid ass no 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 they're stupid good no but they're good <laughs> there are movies to watch Stone. We just giggled like we giggled like schoolgirls. It was so funny. Uh, and then Terminator One turned out to be a lot better than what we thought. Yeah, you know? it's really good. But Terminator One, I remember when I watched it, reminded me of Westworld. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, you know, I can see whole, that. So there's things about the cyborg that reminded me a lot about that. Yeah. So, what else we got? 
Uh, Stargate. Stargate is good. This is a big one. Um, that was one of the things that really got me. That was one of the biggest ones for me just because it was something my dad and I shared all of the time. Okay. So, like, the first series, Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Like, first of all, he showed me the movie. We watched the movie together. And then it was during the time they started airing the television show. And so that was, like, our thing to get to watch together. It was yeah, like yeah. we would go and watch Stargate together. So yeah. that was a big one for me. Yeah. No, that was a uh, – that's one of those where, to me, it was, like, the first half and then the second half lost me. Sure. Uh, but I love the production design. Yeah. I just get into those things, you know. Yeah. So uh, I, I stopped following the narratives that much, but I did like the production design. I liked how they did the whole thing where, like, they insinuate that the Egyptian-looking yeah, Egyptian they were just like actually from aliens. aliens right? Yeah, like you love that stuff, which right? ties into ancient astronaut theory. Everything we don't know about <laughs> comes from outer space. <laughs> so I love that part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, so they actually um, later on down the series, uh, I think it was towards the tail end of SG One. So spoiler alert for anyone else out there that hasn't watched it and wants to, um, but they also acknowledge that like the Norse gods were a different type of alien. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so that's why they, yeah, that's weren't, cool. they weren't the same type of aliens as, like, the Egyptian guys. They were a diff- whole different aliens, and they actually look like the greys that we know in, right, like, right. modern-day stuff. So right. there's Yeah, there's a lot of mythology and science fiction meetings that make sense and that are fun. You know, right. It's fun correlations to make. Exactly. So, um, and ancient aliens is ancient aliens as well, though. So, um, so, okay, so here's another one. Solaris. Have you... Yeah, uh, I've actually... I've seen the movie. Of Which one? Uh, the more recent one. Okay. George Clooney, I think it is. George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one prior. Uh, that's a Stanislav Lem one. Oh, oh, so I have actually. Yes. Okay. So I didn't know that I had heard of it. It's not as humorous. It's a very, very slow movie, and it's really yeah, hard but to it's, get. It's really good, though. It is really good, but it's kind of hard to get where it's coming from, you know. And it does have humor, but it's, it's not ha-ha humor. No. It's more like, look at what idiots we are. Us humans are a bunch of morons. Right. It's definitely it's kind of like that. self-reflective sort of humor yes. stuff. Very, very well put, yes. Yeah. And it's also the original one was made by Andrei Tarkovsky, who's a Russian filmmaker. Okay. And Russian filmmakers, many of them are the opposite of American filmmakers and North American filmmakers, where they like, drag, to, drag the shit out. Like, they're just slower. Yeah. It's slower. So it's, it's definitely something to watch in a certain mood. Sure. Otherwise, it becomes too slow to watch, I think. And finally, I, in this list, we have The World of Durdane, which is the other word I was fumbling for before when I was talking about Jack Vance. Durdane? Durdane. I don't know how to pronounce it. But I don't know. I, I get all these <laughs> names like a Dur- and Fern and Fern and Fern. You know, I just get them all mixed up in my head. So Durdane sure. is the, the the tetralogy I was talking to you about. Okay. With yeah, Anon yeah. and all that stuff. So we need that. We already talked about that. Yeah, but, but definitely... Go check it out. Yes, yes. And if you're into reading, you know, now that I have to wear glasses, I don't read as much because it's more uncomfortable. Yeah. I've got to get back into it. I want to reread all of them because they're right. so good. Right. So, yeah. Now, one thing I wanted to kind of jump back to because we had like alluded to this, talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I wanted to come back to it because I know there's a lot of really great references within that, but it's like this whole dystopian future. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, like we genre. can't leave that out. That's amazing. right, and I know that Blade Runner kind of also goes that way too. Yes, yes. Uh, but there's some also really good stuff, and even some more modern stuff that I think is really good, mm-hmm. um, like Black Mirror, for example. Black Mirror is good until it becomes Netflix. I'm sorry to be that guy, but I just I'm gonna say it. Like, <laughs> it. It becomes the Outer Limits when Netflix bought it, and so I don't mind the Outer Limits. Yeah, I like it, but it pisses me the fuck off because the first three seasons of Black Mirror are definitely a criticism 
right. to where we're headed as humans. And yeah. now suddenly Netflix gets it, and now it's all like just fun escapism. And so I again I want to say this I don't mind fun escapism. I've been a fan of The Outer Limits. Yeah. And I could become a fan of Black Mirror after Netflix bought it, but it's really hard for me now because I just see how milk toast that's been decaffeinated. And that just angers me. Right. So I'm going to mention Black Mirror, how brilliant the first three seasons are. Like how many things we can question about where we're headed. Absolutely. With our technology. Absolutely. And with our devolution, devolution of society in terms of, you know, becoming more corporatist than human focused. You know, all that stuff. I'm just going to leave it out there. But I'm going to make a recommendation of if you're interested in any of this, watch the second episode of season one of Black Mirror. Yep. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. Episode two and three of season one. Those uh, are solid. Those are really just solid episodes. Watch those two. I'm not going to get into more detail. I'm not going to do any spoilers. Nope. Uh, just go watch it. Yeah. Uh, just watch that. And then there's others, like the one we talked about, the one with the, where the gamify war. Um, yep. There's w- one of those where, where like, the, everybody crowdsources punishment on people. Like, there's all these different, the episode of the likes. Where oh, you, my God. Where you rate everyone. That one is so relevant to today. It's not even All funny. of them are. It's I, I know, I know, I know. I know. One of them. But, like, that one, like, like hits me. Right. Constantly. But 1,000 million merits, the guys that live in their cube that have to pay with credits, and and then they get ads in their cube walls that yep. they can't, if you don't have pay payment, if you run out of credits, you're merits, forced to watch called, it. Yeah. You're forced to watch the, and the whole, everything in that world, in that episode, again, that's the only spoiler I'm going to make. It's just so good. So, so good. So definitely, good. thanks for bringing that up because it's a high mention. Right. And our notable mentions that we should make. Yeah. And then the next one, of course, is. 1984. 1984 by. Um, Is it 1984 yet? Yeah. George Orwell. I, I, read it, I read 1984 and 1983, and I remember uh, a girl in my class said, Oh, did you just read it? Because everybody had read it earlier. Uh, and I was like, Yeah. And she said, Is, Isn't it good to know that we're not there? And, and, it's, I'm like, and I looked at her and I went, like, What do you mean we're not there? <laughs> and we're definitely getting there we're, we're getting there right. that's a, a topic for another episode uh, but 1984 is something very recommend, highly recommended reading yep. again written by George Orwell who was a journalist who fought in the Spanish Civil War yep. um, for against the fascists right. uh, who wrote several novels warning about it first he, he wrote a non-fiction called An Homage to Catalonia yeah. um, based on his experience in the Civil War highly recommended Animal Farm a political dystopian fantasy. Yep. Uh, highly recommended too. And finally, 1984. Um, super scary. Uh, I read it. I think there's a band now called Do It to Julia. But this phrase, Do It to Julia, still puts my hairs on end on my skin. Uh, I'm going to drop it right there. He named it 1984. Just an anecdotal thing that I want to sprinkle this sure. with. Uh, did you know why he named it 1984? Because it was published in 1984? No, because he wrote it in 1948. So he just... Oh, well, now I look like an idiot. So, yes. No, you don't. I, I wasn't trying to make you look like No, but the point, the point of that story. Now I look like a fool. Okay, 1984, he wrote it because it was 1948. And the point of that is that a lot of the people that tend to try to take the, the date literally. Yeah. And I've known those idiots in person. Like, well, 1984 came and went and nothing of that happened. <laughs> that was just a fictional date. He was assigned to put a date up in the future. Like super arbitrary. Yeah, it just meant the future. That's what he meant to say with it. Right. And he just picked up 1948, which is when he wrote it, and he flipped it around. And the horrible thing, and I'm not proud of this at all, is that he, he actually is right, and we're getting there. Yeah. And we're going to drop that here. But great, 
fucking novel, good movie. Yeah. Better novel, highly recommended. Right. And then another reference that we can make in this whole like dystopian section would be one that we've talked about again earlier was THX. THX from George Lucas. Yes, which you, you would enjoy so much. Right. So that's definitely on my list of things that I need to watch for sure. Yeah, future society, love is kind of sex is prohibited or it's, it's just done through um, surrogates and they have like this weird religion. Yeah. So good. Um, really, really good. Um, the other one, District 9. I love that one. Oh, District 9 is so good. Do you know the backstory? Of District 9? Yeah. Well, no, but I'm well, sure you'll tell me. Why don't you, why don't you describe the premise first for, for our listeners and not tell you the backstory which you're going to love. Well, okay, so here's a quick question for you then. When I'm talking about District 9, do you want me to talk about the movie? Because I watched the movie. Yes. So the whole idea of District 9, like the premise of it, so spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, first of all, go watch it. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, the director of it is the director of some of my favorite movies that I watch on repeat all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, District 9 is this whole premise of like an alien species essentially coming to visit Earth and then getting stranded. And so now we have to sort of like foster them Mm -hmm. and allow them space to like live, but we build them almost like this ghetto. Yeah, that's the thing. They're living in the ghetto with an apartheid system. Right. And this has been shot in South Africa, by the way, too. Absolutely. So Uh, Yeah, it takes place in Johannesburg. Yeah. uh, Which has already got kind of a shaky reputation. And then they just do this, and then it's just basically this junkyard it's a Soweto, that we put a wall around. It's a Soweto for aliens. And yeah. it's, it's kind of that premise. So it's really interesting. Um, it's a very interesting premise and it's a really interesting narrative and it's very well told, I think. Yeah. And it, it's just this really, it's this great take on humanity and how humanity would potentially deal with that yeah. situation yeah. where it's like, oh, well, you're not from Earth, so you're not worthy of like all of the same civil rights right. that we with have. With all the ugliness of humanity, too. And right. The, the contradictory things. And obviously there's a lot of like tips to other yeah. stuff going yeah, on, yeah. but it's just a great, a it's, great film. It's a great, yeah, it's a great metaphor, uh, you know, and it also talks about the generation, like the alien form also degenerates, too. Like right. So, they, they, you know, it's like sentient beings have ways of degenerating and they have virtue and defect right. and it's I think it was really interesting here's a backstory that you really really like so a team of people went to South Africa to shoot a movie based on a game I don't remember what video game okay and they ran out of dope and so they got stranded there the whole team of special <laughs> effects and you know there's everyone yeah. camera guys all of them stranded there now we gotta go back like we wasted all this money got getting here. And so they had a meeting. There was like, what if we pull out funding together yeah. and we make another movie since we're here, might as well. And they made District 9. Oh, that's right. Because we're, oh, they were going to go there to film uh, Halo. Yeah, I did The know Halo what, film. Yeah. And that's why if you, uh, anyone who is a Halo fan, if you look at a lot of the weaponry, they're basically Halo weapons. See, that's and then for that. the second part of it, they just like slap some other stuff on because it can't be a Halo weapon, obviously. Right. But it looks like, like you can obviously tell, oh, well, we've got all this stuff. So why don't we do this instead? Right. And th- that's the part that I love. So I, I didn't know, I don't know Halo. So I didn't know that reference. Yeah. But that's the part that I love how like they just pulled their research and they were like, fuck it, we're here. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. What what say you if we just come up I didn't know it? that was the actual reason. I thought they just said, well, since we can't do it, we're going to give a big F you and film this other movie and we're going to use some of the props that I we were going to use for Halo. that's what happened. So maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't that they were running out of dough. There was something. Or something it? like that. I don't know. That they couldn't do it because they had a licensing problem or something. I don't but, know what it was. Yeah, there they, was an issue. But. They got there to make a movie. The, the big producer pulled out or something. Yeah. And then they were stranded. 
Yep. And then they were like, well, fuck it, let's make something out of it. Yep. They made this great movie. Yeah, so which I, is great. I love District 9. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's the same director that also did Chappie. Uh, and Chappie is one like of Chappie my favorite that, movies yeah. ever. I like Chappie. <laughs> so same, same thing there too. Like, you know, like uh, sentient beings are capable of being corrupt just yeah. like just like human beings. So human beings are corruptible, but so are aliens and so are the robots. You know, exactly. They can become idiots or they can... It doesn't matter who it is. They can be nice. Or they can, you know. Another one is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. I don't know if I've seen that. Oh, highly recommend it. Like, <laughs> if it's on this list, I'm sure it's yes. highly recommended. Really quick premise, spoiler alert. The future, um, everybody is genetically engineered. Okay. So there's, and you've heard of this, what I'm about to say, you've heard of this for sure. So there's, um, the society is divided in classes depending on how they've engineered you. The alphas yes. are good looking, super smart. Betas are also not that good looking, but good looking, smart. Gammas are like office managers, mediocre okay. people. Yeah. And the epsilons are like the working class and they just live on this drug called Soma. Okay. So this guy is an alpha. He gets a little bit too much alcohol in one of his test tubes or something when he was growing up. So he is short and not that good looking. But he's an alpha plus. He's called Bernard. So because of that. Of course, his name is Bernard. So because of that, he starts questioning the shit. That's it. Okay. Go watch it. Really good. Fantastic. <laughs> Just go watch it. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and they have like, they, they have sex games for the kids when they grow up. So it's a really different society. Oh. So instead of Georgie Porgy, remember Georgie Porgy putting in Pine? Oh, yeah. They have Orgy Porgy. And they, <laughs> so all kinds of interesting. Wait, do they have one for Ring Around the Rosie? Wa- wacko stuff. I don't remember. Watch it. Because that one's not, super dark. Sorry. Don't, yeah. not, not watch it. Read it. That is a book. They've tried to make shows with that. Not succeeded. Okay. Not very. Haven't succeeded very much. They had a. So a if anything, series. if anything of that, go read it. It's a quick read too. It's, okay. not, it's not that big. A, a okay. Book. So there's that. Gattaca. I don't actually know if I've seen that one. I know I've heard of it, and I know I've I've like seen the cover, and I, I know of it, but I, I don't think I've ever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give too much of a mention. Another one about genetical engineering in the future. Would that be like surrogates? Then uh, surrogates is our next one. Not exactly. So surrogates is not genetical engineering, though. So surrogates is cyborg. Well, so I've, I've seen it two ways, two different ways. I mean, the actual story, yes, is cyborgs. Um, but it's still like, I've seen it another one where it's like genetic engineering clones of yourself, where then you just have like a chip implanted in the clone, oh, no, and you pilot the drone because it's a surrogate. But That's not the, yeah, no, the surrogate I was talking about, they're like cyborgs. Right. And then you're just in a seat, and you're just at home, and you're a surrogate. So everybody yeah. lives in a surrogate. Didn't they do a movie with Bruce Willis? That's the one I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, That's the one I'm talking about. And it's a, yeah, it's not a five star. It's decent. But it's cool. Yeah, no, it's watchable. Yeah. So that was that's a good premise it's, for me. It's another one where spoiler alert: um, Bruce Willis gets to be an action star essentially for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, he has a scene. Where he has to do the yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that one. Um, that's Fahrenheit, a good one. Fahrenheit four five one, which, which we talk about. Yeah, we have covered that one already. But again, go check that out. Read the book. Uh, watch. There's a new movie with Michael B. Jordan that just came out not too long ago. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommended. Finding that in some sort of format. Yep. Uh, sorry, I'm going to jump back to surrogates really quick, though. So the, the important thing I think of surrogates that we see today is the whole avatar, the whole living through social media, where there's a better version of you. Right. You You're know? inventing because this better. You don't want to deal. You know. You don't want to be honest about who you really are. You just that. So I just want to make some profiles. Anyone? Ooh. <laughs> so, Children of Men. Oh, Fantastic. such a good movie. Really good. Highly recommended. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to not say anything else. No. Really, you shouldn't. Aside from just go watch it. Yes, go watch it. (laughs) And then finally, Elysium is the the same. 
again, same director of District 9, District 9 and yeah. Chappie. Yeah. Some people have told me that movie sucks. I don't agree. No, I think it's great. I really liked it. Yeah. Again, um, big inspirations from Halo in that one as well. Oh, really? Like the whole, the, the world, or like the Elysium thing. Okay, it's so like the ha- big Halo, Halo has, world no, thing. Halo has taken that. So I don't know anything about Halo, but Halo has taken no, that. No, they, they grabbed that from. Halo has taken that from shit that happened in the 70s. Oh, of course, so, yeah. There's illustrations, there's novels in the 70s about that. Right. The, the ring world, essentially, that we create for ourselves. Yeah, well, no, it's, uh, yeah, these um, in orbit um, with solar panel things. Yep. Yeah, there's just an Elysium. It, it, some of them are cylinders and not rings. That's why I'm... Right. If but, I find an illustration, I'll put it out, up on screen from, back from the day. So, but that's our list of dystopian science fiction, seminal stuff that resonates. Oh, it's just so good. That's like, that, when we were trying to go through this and make this podcast, we are like, all right, we just want to cover off on the things that are just really big and important ones to us. And we can't even do justice to the things right. that we want. But, you know, it's hard too, because we were, we were also talking about, we don't want to do that podcast mistake about like, you know, Hey, no one gives a shit about what you and your friends think, you know? Right. Which is really what this podcast is. <laughs> That's literally the premise of this podcast. But, no, this, the premise of this podcast, I'm going to say on this one, on science fiction episode, I think the premise of this podcast is general knowledge for dummies. Yeah. I yes. mean, I would say so for sure. And we're going to put it. Now Now we talk about it, well, I think we should put it somewhere. But what Bert and I were trying to do with this is, you know, we love this genre. We, yeah. We wanted to go over it. We wanted to see if there was a way that we could, in one episode, go over the high points, the highlights of it, and kind of cover it. Right. And I don't know if many of you have picked up on this. I'm sure some of you have throughout this episode. Uh, but how many times we alluded to some of our past episodes because science fiction permeates us so thoroughly that it was able to like have nods even in like the slightest bits to like a lot of the other things that we've talked about mm. throughout the season so far up to this point. Mm. And I'm sure we'll continue to do so as we continue. But yeah, it's right. Um, it's like true. if anyone else picked that up, like there is a lot of references. We were like, Oh yeah. into this one and to this one. And like, you know, is it 1984 yet? And just like little tiny right, tips right. of the hat yeah. everywhere. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, it, it just goes to show how important it is to both of us that it like so deeply permeates even how we communicate with each other. True. Well, yeah, it's 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 definitely permeated our culture, our entire culture right. growing up. Right. And so there it is. And um, and also what's interesting too, another um, common denominator of this podcast is our age difference. The fact that we're friends beyond a couple of generations of age difference. Yeah. And what's remarkable, I think, is that we do have a very, very similar tie to science fiction. Yeah. Like the, the similarities are more in taste than they are in, in generational difference. There's some generational difference, dissimilarities, but yeah. on, on the whole, there's, there seems to be like a lot of, and, and you know, we have a cultural separation in countries where we've grown up in. Right, but we still are, age, like gravitate we have towards that nexus. That, yeah. That, uh, nexus, even. <laughs> and, and, and not back to etymology and to Blade Runner. So we have that nexus of the, the, um, where we meet. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, Somewhere, somewhere along the line, there was a glitch in the matrix, and it made it so that we had similar interests and in everything. So yeah, we we should probably send this episode off with uh, with an argument. 
Like so, I fell asleep three times trying to watch The Matrix. So did I. Oh, the first time. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I still have friends with whom I coincide in taste that tell me The Matrix is a great movie. I don't agree. Uh, coincidentally, I thought the animated Matrix series post Matrix movies was actually much better than the Matrix movies themselves. Sometimes that happens. Well, because they got to spend a little more time thinking about the story. I think. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I think we made it. I think we finally got to at least our list. And so, again, disclaimer, we couldn't get to everything, but let us know. Because these are the things that we really yeah. enjoy. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you care? Do you not give a shit? Let us know. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. And until next time. Stay out of prison. And walk in the shade. Walk in the shade.